With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, don't forget the Johnsons are coming over. I want to find a rosé Jill hasn't tried yet. Let's go exploring at Total Wine. Their prices are ridiculously low. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, always low prices. Total Wine and more. Everybody should definitely come to Baltimore. We had to find a different way to put our passion to work. If you love your job and love what you do, every day goes on as you want it. I think how we look at art can be world-changing. All of these businesses are taking precautions to make sure that everyone is safe. We're ready. Masks, distancing, and frequent cleaning are just the beginning. Learn more at Baltimore.org. Okay, you're very welcome to a special Day Trippers AI Derby preview. On the line, myself and Phil are joined by Dave Hendrick and Ryan McTernan of AI. Lads, let's just get straight into it. Um, we're looking at a derby and we're all a bit nervous because both teams are in poor form. Um, actually, it's an arguable point which, is, which team is, is actually worse off, uh, as bizarre as that seems to be, given last season's uh, heroics. Uh, Dave, who do you think is in, in the worst position actually going into this game? It's hard to say. We've both had fairly difficult starts to the season, you know, both tough enough fixture lists. Our problems, I think, a lot of them come down to injuries. Defensively, we're a bit of a mess, but I think if we can get Alan and Chan back fit, that'll fix sort of part of the problem in terms of the defence getting protection. Sturridge obviously will help us score goals. With Everton, I, I just think their defence has aged drastically and the fact that Martinez isn't a good defensive coach has caught up with them. Last season they rode on the back of Moyes having set that defence up and drilled them really well for however many years. Yeah. They kind of got away with it last season. This season, Jagielka looks old. Distan looks old. Tim Howard looks like he's forgotten what he's doing. And So I, I would say Everton probably look worse than we do, but it's not by a huge distance. Uh, Ryan, would you, would you, uh, Dave makes an interesting point there, an interesting observation about Martinez and his uh, defensive coaching capacities. Um, it's something that's been levelled at, uh, at Rodgers recently as well. Who do you think is worse off coming into this fixture? Um, God, I, I, I really struggle to really say because... Uh, like Dave said, I suppose ours is more of a personnel problem at the moment. And uh, fitness-wise, uh, we're missing a couple of key players. Well, Alan in particular is missing in the midfield. But uh, I, I, I'm, I'm finding it funny that Tim Howard is basically just completely... His arse has completely fallen off. Like, you know, I don't think he was ever that good. People saw him at the World Cup and they were like, Jesus, was he always that good? I was like, no. But now he's kind of gotten worse. So, I mean, we can't really say a whole lot with Miggs in the other end. But um, yeah, I... You know, it's either going to be uh, an absolute cracker, you know, 
both teams just going absolutely mental at each other and maybe three or four goals each or else it'll be like another really shitty nil-nil where both both of them are just completely drained of confidence uh shitting bricks uh, you know for, from both ends and <laughs> yeah. like seriously like I'm I'm it's really hard to call. I don't know how if I'm excited or kind of dreading it. You know? that, that's actually a very, very good way of summing up, Phil. It's hard to know how to feel going into this. You'd love to be upbeat and excited, but you know, there's a fear there too. There's always fear going into a derby game. Yeah. Like no matter, no matter it's exacerbated by the way we're going. It is, it is. And you know, when you look at what's gone on over the, over the first couple of games and you can't see where the cure is going to come and that, that to me remains the actual issue. I don't know when the cure is going to come for this team. Dave makes a good point about getting Alan and Chan back into the team. But look, we, we all know that um, Brendan won't drop Gerrard. So, you know, mm. th- that's going to be supplementary to when we need to rest Henderson because I think Henderson is fatigued at this moment in time mm. I thought he looked fatigued on at the weekend and I think if we're going to be relying him on hopefully the rest will have served him well because he's going to have to do an awful lot of running again on, 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 on in the derby and he's going to have to put in a big performance for us um, you know I, me I'm looking at it I'm saying Everton have put in a couple of performances and didn't get the results out of it this season so if you're looking for a team that may find some form I'd probably be back in Everton at this moment in time because yeah. they're, they're scoring more goals than us yeah. as a team they seem to have an attacking setup that, that, that they know how to work now it isn't perfect it's far from perfect in comparison to what they were doing last year but I'm just, I'm just nervous I don't know where the goals are coming from at this moment in time because For I don't us. think the formation and the way we're playing necessarily suits the bodies that we have um, so that's my, my biggest fear yeah, uh, that I suppose that brings us straight to, to to the other end of the pitch. And Dave, we we are having major issues with chance creation at the moment. How do we get away or get around that, given the personnel that we have available? Um, it's hard to say. I mean, I think a big part of what we lost with Suarez was the chances that he created as well as the, the space that he created so that others could play and create, the likes of Coutinho, Sterling, Sturridge, Henderson, all benefited massively from Suarez's mere presence in the way that he pulled defenders just out onto the flanks and leave big gaps in the middle of the field. We don't have that anymore. And it, it looks to me like Coutinho looks like mentally fatigued. Mm. It looks all the pressure of not having Rodgers around anymore mm. has suddenly landed on top of him. Um, teams are starting to just man-mark Sterling and try and kick him out of games. And the other issue we have is that you know the guy who's meant to be the creative midfielder is Gerrard, and teams have found a very easy way to nullify him by just sticking someone standing up. Teams did it last year, and worked. other teams didn't do it, and Gerrard was able to play. But we've seen the last two games: Villa have done, Villa did it, and West Ham did it, and Gerrard had two absolute stinkers. So if it. it that's the big point thing is like, it's really hard to know where the chances are going to come from unless Sturridge and Balotelli can create their own chances. Yeah. We have to get the ball first. So I really don't know at the minute where where the goals are going to come from Like unless unless everything just clicks. I mean, this is the type of team that it, it can just click into place as quickly as it's all fallen out of place. I mean, we looked really good against Spurs bar the defence in the first half, but Going forward, we look like we could carve anybody open. Yeah, Alan is key. Brian mentioned Alan. Alan's key because Alan's our best player in terms of keeping the ball, being patient, and rather than trying to force openings, Alan looks to create them. 
keeping it simple, getting players moving around. And as our players move, defenders have to move. And that's where your, your Coutinho's and your Sterling's can slip that first-time pass in to Sturridge or Balotelli. But it's just sort of you are getting the players back fit. Allen's obviously not going to make the derby. Henderson looks like he probably will. I think he was just rested in midweek. Coutinho's supposed to have a little bit of a problem, but like we need him to play because we can't go into this game with Lucas in the midfield three because we'll just get overrun. Yeah. The one thing they have is a, is a good midfield. Yeah. Uh, interesting you say that, the. If it, I, I listened to um, Jim's podcast, the preview one that he recorded on Monday night, and it's interesting to see that the Everton fans are saying that Barry and McCarthy haven't um, performed either for Everton this season. So, you know, there's a, there's a lot of parallels in terms of where both sets of fans are seeing both teams struggle um, in terms of what's going on. But the point that you make there as well, Phil, just to cut across you... <coughs> I can't... Well, just, just, just before you cut across me and I can cut across back, back across. <laughs> well, it's like a fucking dance. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah this is good. This is good. But uh, coming back... No, it's like the Chuckle Brothers to sue you. Listen, mate. It's only starting, David. To me, to you. To me, to Go ahead. Go ahead. Go but, ahead. Uh, no, uh, uh, the Lucas show, he's played 120 minutes. Yeah including the extra time. He played right the way and then he played another 120 minutes in a penalty shootout. Right? And he did a lot of jumping around, excited he and celebration. He, he, he was the most excited player on happy. the park yeah. about the penalty shootout. I think because he scored two goals. Yeah. Um, but you and know... Because like, <laughs> But like, I'm looking at it and saying, you know, I can't see how he starts in the derby because we already know and, and if you look at even Brendan himself, I'm sure he knows that Lucas's mobility is limited as it is and if you put a fatigued Lucas into that midfield... <laughs> it's minus mobility you know what I mean it's yeah. like yeah. He, he could have a care on the pitch with him mm. and there won't be an issue <laughs> with <it. laughs> uh, Ryan what I was going to say to Phil and I'm not actually going to talk to him at all I'm going to go to you on it well, just what I was <laughs> you, can, you can ask me but uh, what, what I was going to say to, to, to Phil was that even in defeat Everton are scoring a lot of goals it's a point that one of the lads mm. made earlier on I mean they, they they score two even when they get beaten 3-2 at the Palace they put four past Wolfsburg they had two two all draws at the start and even when they get Tonked by Chelsea, they managed to score three goals. So it looks to be an area where they have an edge on us already. Yeah, well, Stephen Naismith is doing his best Lionel Messi impression at the moment, isn't he? So yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, funnily enough, like he he's he could be the key player uh, for Everton on on the weekend, but obviously, you know, they're they're still being able to create the chances uh, where we aren't. You know, Rogers decided that. Gerard is going to be, as Dave said, Gerard is going to be the main creative player. But you know, we now have to. Uh, he's got no players in front of him that are able to create space for him to play into. So we're really lost in between two and three different styles, and that's why I think you know the chance creation for us is not you know where it should be. And you know, when I watch us play, I don't really know what I'm watching. You know, I don't know if it's yeah. possession football, counter attacking football, over the top direct football. I, it's just. A whole load of everything and it turns into the grey matter it's nothing mm. um but yeah everything you know that's that's the main thing like you know if they get a goal against us uh early on or at any stage like you strangely enough you kind of wonder where is where where's the next one going to be you know um we, we could look towards the old penalties and uh <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> we've got you know i was i was only thinking today like um you know lalana played really well, well he played quite well yesterday and yeah um so he, you know, I can see him, like, especially in around the box, he, you know, he does like, you know, to kind of turn his side and I can see him drawing in a player and then kind of nicking it around through, you know, Cruyff turn his legs, whatever, and get fell in the box. But he, he, as you know, he came off 120 minutes as well. And, yeah. um, 
I, I found out recently it was actually on Jim Fishlock's show. It's a fucking great show. Loads of information coming off it. But uh, <laughs> yeah. Adam Lallana had a he had a heart problem as a kid when he was eighteen and yeah. nearly stopped him. And that's why he never played ninety minute football. So I actually don't know uh, how fit he's going to be for the weekend. You know, and that's another like kind of midfielder. You're like, I'm sure I'm sure he'll come off the bench, but to start, you know, you'd be kind of looking at you know. Is he going to be able to? But yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That's the thing. You know, Everton look a little bit more, um, a little bit more potent in attack. While we seem to be lacking the body that complements Balotelli at the moment. Dave, there's a couple of interesting points there raised by Ryan in terms of uh, the uncertainty that we have, certainly in the middle of the field, uh, if not all over, in terms of the structure and the setup, and not not to mention the personnel. How, what what do you think is the likely lineup across that midfield going into uh, the derby? I just really hope he doesn't try and go four two three one and play Gerrard in the midfield too again because like I, I genuinely don't know how many times we need to watch that. Yeah. See that it doesn't work. Um, for me, like Lalana's probably the most create, creative player we have at the minute while Coutinho's going through this funky he's in. The issue is that the only real shape you can play Lalana and Gerrard in is four three three and play Lalana on wide in the front three because he can't play the number ten role unless he's got two lads behind him that can actually do the defensive work. And, like, if one of them is Gerrard, then it just doesn't work as a two anyway. Like, Henderson and Chan behind Lalana would probably work as a three. But Lalana and Gerrard in the midfield three, I just think, would be a disaster. And if we go... Like, 4 3 is probably our best option for the weekend. Yeah. As Bill mentioned, like, Lucas played 120 minutes. He's not the fittest player in the world. Lalana's never really been a kind of 90 minute every week kind of player either now that's partially down to the heart issue that Ryan mentions and partially just down to the fact that he's quite a small light guy yeah. and like other players of his like David Silva and they, they do just run out of steam they're just not they, they just have limited lung capacity like because they're small people um, yeah. but you, you do have to wonder like whether Rogers was, was wise to keep him and Sterling on for the 120 <coughs> like for me I'd probably look to go Jordan Rossiter. Being honest, I'd look. I'd, I'd probably play Rossiter. Rossiter and Henderson either side of Gerrard in the midfield three. Lalana and Sterling either side of Balotelli. Have Sturridge on the bench. Have you know Markovic on the bench, and and just hope for the best, really. Because mm-hmm. without without our full strength team, I mean the one thing I would say just to quantify what I meant by which looks worse, also Everton is Everton are pretty much a full strength. I mean, far I think Seamus Coleman. We're missing quite a lot of players, and some of them, like the likes of Johnson and that, we're not really missing. But it still does factor in that we're having to pay the likes of Mankia week in week out when that probably wasn't the plan. Yeah. Like for me, I I know it's, it's a you know big ask of a seventeen year old, but I, I do think that going with Rossiter and Henderson either side of Gerrard is probably our best option if we want to play a three, and then you allow Lalana to play in that front three, or even play it as a diamond and play mm-hmm. Lalana behind. You know, I think that could work as well. That's the kind of role that would suit him. Um, And I do think we're going to need him just to help us create chances. Yeah, um, Phil... (laughs) Just see us out there with, with your thoughts on the midfield before we move to the defence because I want to start with you on that topic. <clears throat> well, before I, I go off and, and slip my wrists, um, I'll, I suppose the positive for me is that if we, if, if, if like you, Dave says there, if we play Rossiter, you know, there, there'll, there'll be a, a natural buzz because, again, the young lad gets another go, right? Now, if Alan is even 60, 70% fit, 
I'd play him because yeah. you know he he he's a man that will come in and he will give us his hundred percent for what, for however long he can. But Rogers himself said a couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah, so I, know, I know, I know. I'm just, I'm, yeah. I'm still, I'm clinging to dear hope. Yeah, okay, right? fair enough. Well, um, why not? Yeah. And the other one, look, everyone's been talking about roster. Jordan Williams was immense when he came. That out. kid was ridiculous. He was immense, and, and if you look for for physicality. He's built like a tank, yeah. right? And, you know, the, the other thing that, that really impressed me about Roster was he never lost his man when he was tracking him. You know, he tracked players from, from box to box when are they you, were breaking. You, have you gone back to Roster or do you mean Williams? I mean, sorry, Williams, yeah. 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 Okay. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> it's been a long night. It's, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like Dewey from Alcum in the middle, he's fucking class. I know. <laughs> <laughs> if they didn't have the same force name, it'd be a lot easier, right? Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> Team of Jordans. But yeah, yeah, the, like, yeah imagine, imagine Jordan Williams, Jordan Henderson and Jordan Roster all appeared on the same pitch. I'd just, just put Jordan on the back of the, pit, back of the jerseys would be happy. Yeah. But no, look, positive for me, going into this, if, if we said, up and put runners around Gerard, which we you know which he needs mm. um, and which allows us to function at our best if that means throwing one of the young lads in be it Roster be it Williams I think then we have then we step again right do you know what I mean then then the, we, we bring an energy level back into the actual yeah, team yeah. again that we're, that's probably been a little bit missing and then if you have like again Lalana can play if you want to play 4-3-3 Lalana plays left and you play Sterling right you have options on the bench to bring on I'm not a huge fan of Markovic at the moment because I don't know what he's bringing to the team um, I haven't seen it, right? I didn't mm. see I didn't see him in, in for Benfica last year, barred a couple of Europa League games. But and so I'm I'm a bit and I had a chat to Marco Lopez about it last night and I want him to succeed, but I also want to see what I've been told he's going to bring to the actual side itself. You're if, impatient to see the, the, the goodness. Not from. not impatient, I just want to see it, if you know what I mean. It's it's not so, so much impatient. impatient. <laughs> if well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but, but that that's what I want to see, yeah. right? Um, and if you're going to bring him off the bench, maybe that's the game to bring him because he had a big impact when he came on against City, yeah. right? Um, and for like, if if you play Balotelli, you're going to have to play someone alongside him. So I don't know. I don't think the tree works in in that instance. So, like, I would have no qualms if Coutinho was fit and can come back in, going back in because last year he was the player for the big games and he was able exactly. to turn it on. And this is a big game, yeah. and this is a chance where he's had a rest. He, he, you know, he's been taken out the foreign line a bit, and you're saying, "Listen, Phil, back in you, fella, get in there, do what you do, do do what you're really good at." You know what mm. I mean? We there's, there's no pressure, and you just get in. Don't be looking to play the true ball all the time. Just play the game. Bring me back to where you were in March and April mm. last year. And from that lovely uh, um, pre-match rev them up speech that you've just given us there I'm, I'm fucking motivated Phil I'm really I'm feeling good <laughs> but I want you to bring us back down as you do best by talking about the defence if we look at it I guess maybe we can all agree on this lads that probably Skirtle Lovren and Moreno are nailed on I guess if, if Brendan's uh, selection is anything to go by there are reports that um, a certain uh, Glenn Johnson is back in full training um, Phil how would you feel We'll start you off with this as a man who's 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 got strong opinions on it. How would you feel if we were to see uh, himself? And a lot of people have been advocating it. I see no sense in putting John Glenson back into that team, right? Yeah. Because to be honest with you, he brings nothing to the team. Yeah. Um. He he gives us no attacking threat anymore. He's very poor defensively. He's out of sync with what's going on with the rest of the back four. He's been out injured for a while and even when he was a good player and came back in it took him two or three games to get back up to the level that it is. To throw him into a derby match where we've already got defensive issues you're, you're only going to make those defensive issues worse and we're not going to get anything out of him in the final third to warrant his inclusion. I heard arguments that he, he's a better attacking option than Mankio at this moment in time. Maybe two years ago he was. At this moment in time he The isn't. current version no. And people forget you know people forget very quickly we won the game against Ludgritz. Why? Because Javier Manquillo 
was in the box in the 93rd minute getting fouled by the goalkeeper. Hmm. Now, that, that's not a defender who's sitting back in his own back four exactly. defending. He gives us a threat. Yeah. If, if, if the crosses aren't coming off at the moment, it's not the first time we haven't seen it. But a guy who's played so well for us defensively, he hasn't been, you know, saying about the Bombenahar goal against Villa, he was pushed there. There could have been a foul called against it. Apart from that, he hasn't put a foot wrong defensively. And even last night, he didn't put a foot wrong defensively. He's a young kid. He's well capable going in. And I would not be taking him out because if you take him out now, for a guy who's been out for a good while and isn't actually doing his job, you could destroy his confidence. And yeah. I just don't see any logic in it. And that's not to get on the back of John's um, uh, fitness or get on his back because I, I don't rate him anymore as a player. Right? Mm. He's playing out his contract. But you know, you just, you just call him John. So you, you, well, you John forgotten Lenson, about him I can't, I can't, yeah. you know, <laughs> um, But again, are we going to like? We're going to have Skirtland decide. We're going to have Lovren in the side. Yeah. We need those. We need two fullbacks who are going to cover the centre backs in that instance. And you know, that's what Mankio and Moreno are very, very good at doing. David doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense that Javi Mankio should be looking over his shoulder before this game in terms of selection, does it? Doesn't make any sense to me at all. Um, I'm not sure why he was taken off against West West Ham, but I thought it was a stupid decision. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, Mankey, as Phil says, he he hasn't put a foot wrong. And while he's not this great attacking threat, he is a good attacking outlet. He is one that will always make himself available to recycle the ball. He backs to everything in front of him, and he covers up and down constantly. Like, I mean, like the best right back in the league by a distance is Pablo Zabaleta. Yeah. And McBeo is like a young version of that. Mm. You know, he there's not no weakness in his game. Yeah, he's not skinning defenders and banging the ball in from 25 yards or running the length of the pitch like Moreno. But he's a different type of fullback, and I think you need the two different types. You can't like people want us to have these two like glorified wingers playing fullback, and it just doesn't work. Like you look at Barcelona, they were best when they had one attacking fullback and mm. one who was just a good outlet but could also defend really well. Sure, exactly. Then they went, Went to the two attacking fullbacks and it just didn't work for them. Yeah, has to start for me. He's the first. Like I'd, I'd have him in the team. He's the first name on the, the team sheet defensively, which is bizarre. Consider he's nineteen. Him, Marino. They, they're the only two nailed on defenders that I would consider. Yeah, can, can, can I just cut across you there and ask you? Did you see anything there uh, the other night against Borough that would convince you that there's any other partnership that you're likely to see other than the two guys who didn't start? Oh no, Rogers is going to start starting Melbourne. Yeah, I, I Phil tweeted that he thought Toure Sacco was worth worth sticking with, was worth a goal before the game, mm. and I agree. I think they got a couple of games together. We might see something, but like Toure is just like because he, he's so unorthodox and like, he's completely mental, and because Sacco just looks kind of awkward, people just dismiss him, and then they see like Lovren because he just looks like a normal football player. I was listening to something earlier on and I heard Lovren mentioned as a fantastic defender and I just had to turn it off because <laughs> he, the guy, you know, he just shouldn't be in the team. He shouldn't be at the club. Gertle is three or four years past. His, like He should have been sold. The first summer Rodgers took over, Martin Gertle should have been out the door because his value was at its all-time premium. Yeah. And we're just one of those clubs who we build players up. Like We did it with Reina, we did it with Agar. We build them up and up and up. They get to a certain value. And we don't sell them, and then they just become absolute garbage. Yeah. And Skirtle another one of those. So yeah, Rogers is going to play Skirtle Lovren unless he goes to back three, which is maybe possible. Everton are playing two up front this year. He might go look at going to back three, mm. but I don't know. But like all, all I know is we can't defend set pieces no matter what two are playing centre back. A lot of that is down to Mignolet, but the centre back aren't commanding enough. And like I'm a huge Sacco fan, but he's not. He's not defending well enough on set pieces either. Yeah. 
And like this is not the best time to play in Leighton Baines. There's very few players who deliver a set piece as good as him. And like when you see the chaos in our defence every time a corner or a free kick comes in, like what are they going to be like when Leighton Baines starts whipping balls in? Because we're going to give away fouls as well. That's the thing. Because they play with two tricky kind of wingers and they play with you know, like two attacking fullbacks, they're going to get free kicks in wide areas. Yeah. I'm going to be facing a, a bombardment of like corners, free kicks, etc. And I just really don't see our defence managing to hold on against it. Like. Ryan, to follow on from what Dave's saying there, he suggested that there could be the possibility, and we've seen it in action very recently there, of going to three at the back and yet another system potentially lends itself to yet more chaos. Of course, it could shore things up, but how would you feel if you saw that um, lineup? Uh, I can see the merit in in the formation. The only issue I have with it is, uh, I think the the three at the back we seen on Saturday. You know, it's it's kind of akin to the Juventus formation that they're kind of implementing the past few years. Mm. That three one four two. I just don't like that um, in our team because, and I said it. I actually said it in the summer as well. I said I just I had a feeling that whoever was going to be behind Jared, it just wouldn't really work because. Obviously, Syria is a different game. Um, it's uh, the you know Pirlo has a lot more space in, in some ways, and just I just think Ger- like you've seen it, Gerard and Lovren. You know, all of a sudden, kind of Lovren was running past him, or else Gerard was dropping too deep, and then it just got a bit muddy for me. I prefer when you know the one that we seen last year, that three four one two, but that just can't happen with with Stevie. You know, sadly, in any in any you know shape or form, where he has to kind of sit to uh, the right or the left of a pitch you know he really does have to be in the centre but I, I can certainly see the merit of it um, again the only qu- the only worry there would be that Everton would then kind of drop into like a 4-2-3-1 or something or a 4-5-1 and then you've got three centre backs doing only one of them is marking say whoever's up front Naismith or Lukaku whatever and you've got you know lots of space on the wings that can be attacked, especially on the right, because Skirtle wouldn't be, you know, the quickest. Um, or Sacco, for that matter. He's, you know, Sacco looks like he's running with cement blocks at the moment. Yeah. Um, it's, those, it's those beauties. It is those yeah. beauties. I can't, I can't deal with that. No. Uh, I said it I last like night. Them. I like them. I think they're okay. They look like river barges on them. They're ah, huge. <laughs> well, I was looking at, actually, Danny Alves had black boots today, and it looked really strange. Now black boots are, like, weird in my eyes. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> Um, yeah. I'm up for all this postmodern uh, booties, as we might say. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I was saying, I just I, I don't know. I really don't know if the three about look. Rogers laid his bed changing that back uh, four on Saturday. Mm. You know, he he chose to change that back four by by choice, even if it's what he wanted. You know, he didn't have to do it, but he did. So right. and and it didn't and it kind of and it failed him because um, we were down in you know I seen it, it was the first time we conceded two goals in the opening ten minutes in like 20 years in the Premier League or something. Yeah. So he, he, he made his bed and he had to lie in it. And I mean, I, yeah, I can't see Sacco starting on, on Saturday really. But if we go back three, you know, it'll be interesting to see what, what we do with it. But Yeah, excellent. The, the, Sorry, Dave, go ahead. I was going to say, the, the, the decision to move to the back three was a fairly damning kind of critique of Lovren yeah. and how he played so far. Yeah. The thing... I agree with Ryan completely. You, you can't play the three if Gerrard is sitting in front, if Lovren is the central one. But Lovren shouldn't be the central one anyway because Skirtle in a back three has to be the central one. So if you're playing Skirtle, Skirtle has to be the central one. 
Lovren should be on the right of that three. It's obviously he's not a right set of centre back, but he's played a bit of right back in his career, so it might just be a bit easier. He's got that bit more pace, and he might be a little bit more disciplined. Plus, he will stop cutting for balls that he has no business going anywhere near, and Matt Lee just can just leave them to Sacco instead of getting his head taken off. We're coming out like an idiot. Like that's twice he's done in in a couple of weeks. Come for balls, he's got no business going anywhere near. Sacco has a clear beat on that ball against West Ham, and Lovren nearly ends up getting knocked unconscious. Yeah, right, lads. Here's here's my off the wall shout. Right, I've I I was thinking about this the other day. If if we were playing a back three, would it be mad enough, or would we ever see a moment where you know Brendan thinks to himself, Do you know what, I'm gonna put Lover, Colin Pasco Lovren in as <laughs> as a libero in front of Skirtland Sacco and push because of the lack of midfielders we have have Gerard and Henderson sort of pushed on a bit. So effectively, Lovren's gonna be tasked with just running around in front of the back. Back, back four, right? Mm. Which, which is, which is, which is sorry, Dave. So Lovren's kind of like the deep point in the diamond. Yeah, yeah. Kind of where we're just a little, a little bit more withdrawn. That, that to be honest, Phil, I think, I think that would work mm-hmm. because you have the discipline to play in a two mm-hmm. and hold the line. He comes charging out, waving his arms around. I think if you put him in, like David, David Louise, the perfect example. David Louise's centre back is an absolute nightmare, but. You've seen it last year. He played for City, for, for Chelsea a couple of games, yeah. most notably against City away. Sat in front of the back, the two centre-backs, and he was absolutely fantastic mm-hmm. because he had the instincts. And when he goes for those interceptions, if he misses them, at least there's still players behind mm-hmm. him. Look, the same, Lovren goes charging out for interceptions, doesn't get near the ball half the time, but at least if there's somebody behind him, yeah. he's not exposed. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I do actually think, I, I do think, I've said it before, I do think Lovren could actually play as a defensive midfielder, I wouldn't want him there long term because I just don't want him to think long term. But yeah, I actually, even even if you play Sacco and and Toure as your two centre backs mm. and stick Love front, because then you, you've at least got that extra bit of pace. Colaway is at least a little bit quicker than Skirtle. Mm. But I I would I do think I do think Skirtle and Sacco with two good fullbacks as opposed to what we had last year. I do think there is merit to go on with the two of them. And if it, if it means Lovren playing in front of them, holding the midfield, then, you know, so be it. But I would like to see Skirtle Sacco get a run with, with two decent full-blacks, rather than Glenn Johnson and an out-of-position John Flanagan. Yeah, I, it's it, we've pretty much touched on every single potential uh, combination. Yeah, like and that. yet we know the one that's going to go away. Yeah. The last line of defence, Phil, let's talk about that. That's one we can't argue about. You've got two keepers there who are I said, certainly... I said, I said it on Monday. I'm... Um, I'm, I am a really disappointed for Mignolet because, and and Dave has uh, quoted me before as well. His performance against Southampton was a step up from what we'd seen, um, and since the mistake against City, he's regressed back to even worse than what he was beforehand. Um, and last night again, you know the things that he was doing well, he's he's actually stopped doing well. Like the 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 equalising goal, the the one that comes in, it's actually a really good ball in, and I, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it back today. I was hoping to see back to see if there was somebody in the hole as the ball came around the corner, right? Because I wasn't sure if there was somebody there or not. But um, there's not much Enrique can do unless if he doesn't get a good contact on it. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, and he doesn't get any contact on it. Man gets ahead away. But you know, Minile was making those saves last year. He was yeah. making those incredible last ditch stops that, that were coming off headers like that and we were going, Wow, that's a, that's an incredible Southampton away. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah, and, and that that type of stop and that's that's now it, his his confidence is gone. Now I don't know whether the confidence is gone because 
he thinks there's somebody else coming in and he's you know he's he's playing for a spot sometimes goalkeepers don't re- react well to competition mm. um, okay, can I suggest you off the back of the, the shootout last night I know well okay. I've never seen a, a match report focus on the goalkeeper so much about taking penalties as opposed to saving penalties like seriously yeah. Yeah, well, the, the shots that we're seeing is well, that, taking a penalty. That aside, um, I, I think it's fair to say that he possibly could have done a little bit better with someone else. I mean, I, I, he got hands on him, you know. Um, Look, at penalty shootouts, penalty shootouts are penalty shootouts, but if you go 30 penalties... It's a test of your goalkeeping skill. And you're expect, like I would have, and I know most times when you see a penalty shootout, and even the, the, the bigger ones that we've seen in the African Nations Cup, because straight away when we started getting up to 10 all, I was thinking African Nations Cup, you always get mad shootouts in that mm. way. But the goalkeepers tend to save a couple of them. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. And they weren't saving them. And not all the penalties were brilliant penalties. No. Like some of them were great penalties. Some of them were actually not really good. They were, the goalkeepers were going way too early for the actual penalties. And all they were doing was letting lads roll the balls down the side. But even the hands that were got onto them yeah. should have been stronger, you yeah, know? So. Again, that's a confidence issue for me. But, you know, and Dave, you, you like goalkeepers as well. But, like, you know, Howard is just as bad as Mignolet at the moment. Well, he's alternating a half decent performance with a terrible one. Yeah, I look, yeah. F- for me, I'm looking at, at Howard and I'm saying, they have the exact same issues as we have mm. in, 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 as, as their last point of defence and if I was Martinez I'd be seriously considering putting Robles in at this stage yeah, because he's costing them more in points in him have they got a better alternative than we have we, definitely yeah. you, you have an alternative there that you can take Howard out of the foreign line for two or three games and, mm. and Robles has played in a, in a Merseyside derby as well and you know if he comes in he could do well uh, Dave have you any thoughts on, on, on Mignolet in this situation at the moment? He just looks like he's completely shot of confidence. I mean, for me, the big thing, the big difference with him and, and um, Howard is he Howard is just doing stupid, stupid things. Mignolet just looks like all his confidence is gone. And yeah. it's leading to his deficiencies becoming more apparent. I don't think he trusts Lovren at all. I think the third city goal and the Luda Goretz goal confirm he has no faith in Lovren mm. and, and his ability to intercept the ball. Those two goals are pretty much carbon copies of each other. Lovren's completely at fault. Mignolet comes charging off his line. Now, he, it's, Mignolet's made an error in coming off his line, but he knows Lovren's not going to get near the ball. Um, I spoke to a couple of people who were at the Bluegrass game, and they said when that ball was played, Lovren screamed that he had it, and Mignolet was, was moving and then kind of stopped and then went again. And, like, it just leads to the striker walking around him and tapping it in. Aguero the exact same thing. Yeah. He doesn't look like he's done even Like, like, I don't know, Phil, you know better, better than me. Like, when, when you're playing behind a collective group of centre-backs who can't put a good performance, you know, together back-to-back, you don't know who's going to be playing in front of you week on week. And you know, like, you've seen what Martin Skirtle can do. Like, so you know that there's always going to be kind of errors coming. Like, you're not going to have faith in them. So, like, I don't know, maybe that's what's led to this. Like, he looked, like you mentioned, Phil, he looked a different keeper against Southampton at home. And then it's just regressed and regressed. And I don't know, I think a lot of it for me is down to the centre-back. Even against um, against Middlesbrough last night, you know, Sacco, tried, I don't know, I think it was in the second half of extra time. And there's a ball gone up in the air and Sacco is kind of bringing it down. But he's drawn in the Middlesbrough attacker into him. Mm-hmm. And Mignolet is like, I think he's screaming for him to give it back. But we all know that Sacco likes to draw in midfielders yeah. and strikers and turn them. That's his style, you know, it's... That's just what he does. And that's why people lead to say that he's uh, clumsy or they just don't trust him. And I, I understand that, but that's just kind of the way the modern centre-back's going. But Sacco does it, turns him brilliantly. And you can see Mignolet, his head just throws it up in the air and he, as if to say, what in the name of Jesus mm. has he done? And like, even if he's thinking that, 
I don't want to see he's thinking that, you know, I don't think I've ever seen kind of a keeper be so visibly like, holy shit, what just happened? Yeah, yeah. Um, and that like that to me is I'm starting. I mean, I'm, I feel sorry for him because I, you know, I've, I've sang a lot of praise for Mignolet. But yeah, the last few games, like he's gotten he, even. Yeah, like his shot stopping is gone. That was his main asset. Even that the West Ham the third goal he stands there. There was, a, there was a moment in the Spurs game that I actually thought was going to be the making of him. When when Lovren came charging out for that ball and missed it and Chadley got in Chad, one-on-one, yeah. one, and Mignolet made the save. And he got up and he absolutely tore strips yeah. off a of Lovren. Yeah. And then he turned around and started screaming at Saka as well. I was like, you know what? This could be the best thing that ever happens to him. Yeah. He's realised he's got a voice. He's mm-hmm. realised that he's the one that's meant to be telling these lads what to do. And he was pointing and gesturing. And then... Now all of a sudden it's like he's forgotten he can speak mm. again or something. I don't know. Maybe telling like some, uh, some elaborate prank or something, but like it's, it's just ridiculous. This, this could point. this could be like the third or fourth keeper in in the last four or five years now that isn't going to be much of a success at Liverpool. I mean, obviously Reina had lost it and. You know, he, he just completely, and after the hernia operation, whatever. But Mignolet's only been here a year, and already he looks like he's not what he was. Uh, like Brad Jones has never really improved that much. Diego Cavalieri left Liverpool, you know, looked like he was dirt, and then he ends up going and playing for Brazil. You know, it's yeah. it's it's very, you know, I I don't know a whole lot about goalkeeping. Don't, at all, don't you know, but you know, I I just I think there's something amiss. And Ryan, I think, uh, the thing about goalkeeping is and even United went through a spell when you've had a really good goalkeeper in Reina as we did and I know he went off towards the end but when you've had a really good it takes a while to, sometimes it can take a long while to replace a really good one right and we saw it with when, when Grobler went we went through James we went through Friedel then we had Westervelt he did well for a couple of seasons but he Mignolet is basically Westervelt again right um, then he wasn't good enough we brought in Dudek and Kirkland they weren't good enough we then went then we bring in Reina he nails down the position. He goes, and we've brought Mignolet in. And you know, it, rarely do you replace uh, a goalkeeper who's going to stand out in your history straight off the bat with the first goalkeeper that you sign. You know, and and I think we're in unless that. you're Chelsea, yeah, unless you're Chelsea. But like you know, it, you know, the, the, that's a, a completely separate thing where they're stockpiling yeah. the best young talent yeah. they can get their hands on. You know, um, and it's worked out for them very well. But you know, there's no, there's no signs in terms of goalkeeping. I've talked to Gags about this around stats. The stats, Effective goalkeeping stats don't exist in the public domain to, to, to be able to quantify whether a goalkeeper is playing well or playing or not playing well. It's all qualitative from what we actually see. And yeah. an awful lot of it, you have to actually be at games to see where the pit, where, what position's going on, what type of shouting they're giving to the defenders as well. Because communication at the top level is so crucial for, for a back forward because if they're not talking, players aren't going to get passed on. You know, Mistakes are going to happen. And to me... There's a whole, there's a massive breakdown of communication through the centre of the, of the actual team, and like to see Gerard and Henderson both turn around and bollock defenders and goalkeepers out of it, you know, it, it points as as to what's going on because they rely on direction because the, the the back four and the goalkeeper see everything in front of them and they have to call what's happening. Uh, Dave, to shift the focus a little bit back towards the opposition, uh, could you maybe give us a few thoughts on 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 the Everton setup um, and what we need to think about in particular with them? I know last night when they got uh, tanked three 0 they had the likes of Alcaraz and 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 uh, Tony played. Uh, uh, no, Tony Hibbert, Bezic, Osman started, Atsu I think started as well. But as you said earlier on, Dave, we know what their what their their their, their best team is, unlike uh, Liverpool's current setup. What's 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 the threat that we have to look out for, and where where, where are we uh, how we fix to deal with them? The obvious two are going to be Lukaku in open play, peeling off the back shoulder of centre backs. 
neither of our centre-backs, well, the likely two that will start, Sterling and Auburn, neither of them read that really well. Um, the big threat is going to be set pieces, obviously. Baines is delivery second to none, and, you know, our start defence, our defending crosses is appalling. Um, for me, I think our best bet might nearly be to try and just play counter-attack the way we, the way we did against them last year, let them have the ball, and then just try and win it off them. That, this is why I think Rossiter playing is, would be best. I think if we play um, Rossiter and Henderson with Gerrard and just let, tell Gerrard to sit deep in front of the centre-backs and just, you know, bed in. Moreno will have to be reined in a little bit. Um, he can't be so aggressive when he's pressing out. He's going to need to be more focused and maybe, maybe a little bit more, um, you know, think a little bit more before he kind of presses the ball. Um, and not leave space behind him because if he does, then Lovren starts wandering out of position. Gerard gets dragged out, and things just open up. So for for me, I'd, I'd like to see us go with the diamond and just bed in and try and counterattack them. I know people don't want to see us kind of seed the possession to Everton at Anfield, but you know Everton, as good as they are with the ball, they are also prone to sloppy passes. They do have one or two players who don't like it when they get pressured. Gareth Barry's one. Osman, if he plays another, he tends to get a little bit frazzled when he gets pressured. And I think the likes of Henderson and Rossiter, like Rossiter, if he, even if he plays like 60, he's going to run himself into the ground and like he'll be buzzing off the crowd the whole game. Mm. So, And the crowd, know, the, crowd, the crowd will be buzzing if they see him starting the Merseyside derby as well. Because right, well, Dave, I suppose, I suppose then maybe give it, give us an idea of how you think the game is going to finish. We might as well, in the spirit of this uh, quick preview, get some predictions. I'm going to say we'll win 3-2 with Sturridge coming off the bench to score two after we go 2-1 down. <laughs> I like that a lot. Ryan, your prediction? Uh, I'm going to go for a really shitty 1-0 uh, with some kind of penalty <laughs> maybe some kind of red card Martin Atkinson yeah. <laughs> um, possibly uh, yeah and maybe if we get a penalty in the last minute Balotelli comes up pushes Gerrard to the ground and takes it and scores because I think that would be no offence to Steve I don't mean that anything against Steve I'm just saying I don't think there's any better way to boil piss than Balotelli to ho- yeah hopefully we'll, we're kicking into Anfield Road end and he just stands and oh that oh Oh, I'm getting a little little excited thinking of that. Okay, well, you, you control yourself there for a moment. Phil, how do you see this going? Um, 5-6. 6-5. 6-5. Yeah, and Rossiter's going to score three, right? And mm. three of them are going to, One's going to go through Howard's legs. The other one's going to go around his head and one between his arms and his body. That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> no, That's yeah. remarkable. And then when you see the jump, you think the semi-year flannel was on last year against Spurs. <laughs> Wait, you see what's oh. going to happen when, when Roster bangs in a hat trick in his first match. Colo Torre to come on and do a victory break dance. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're going to have the whole team dancing. It'll be like something out of FIFA 15. <laughs> well, now that, that the whole team dance that might actually wow. that might actually create one of your best memories. So what I'd like to do now is just get a, a, the lads and yourself some of your favourite memory, basically from previous derbies. Do you want to get us rolling there? For I've, like the, the so, like there is loads There's, like Suarez is dive in front of Moyes it, it, it's, it's so hard to top that one it's, it's pure piss taking like yeah. you know after everything that went on um, the scrap between Franny Jeffers and wasn't it Sander Westervelt mm-hmm. was, ho- holding each other by the throat <laughs> yeah 
That's genius. Yeah. Like, there's, like, there's loads. There's the Gary, ah, oh, the Gary McAllister free kick. Ah, listen, yeah. hands down. Yeah. Like, that's a hundred yards out. That is. He took it in his own eighteen-yard box yeah. and curled it around the whole pitch and into the box. Curled around the whole pitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah Paul, was it Paul Gerrard that was in goal for them? Yeah, it's, it's flailing. Yeah. God bless he, he went out to the corner flag, setting up his wall. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so here's me goal. Uh, Dave, unfortunately, Phil's taking about 70, sorry, seventy-three sorry. of them there. <laughs> uh, is there anything left for you to deal with there? There's a couple of funny ones. I've always liked you know, that really bad Gerard tackle. I think it was on was it Gary Naismith? Yeah. Like leaps into him with two two feet. I was just sort of hilariously bad tackle. Yeah, Derby Tastic. Um, uh, one of my favourite moments will always be McManaman and Grobbler getting the handbags out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the Dirk Kite the Dirk Kite Derby obviously is brilliant as well. Yeah. But uh, last year, for me, last year when Sturridge and Suarez just stand there arm in arm looking up at the Everton fans and just <laughs> we're much better than you lot are. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually brilliant, yeah. <laughs> I think that's it. I, that's still the background of my computer, like, so. Yeah. 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 Uh, Ryan, what about yourself? Ryan's, yeah. only, Ryan's only seen four derbies. I know, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's all right. That's all right. Yeah, I'm a big dirty wolf. Um, yeah, I... <laughs> That is true. The 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 two Everton fan like or no, there's like three Everton fans from the game last year. Uh, there was the guy who's looking to the side with the glasses. <laughs> there's, there's the girl, the girl who's like completely heartbroken, and then there's the big fuck off guy. Um, it was a, and then obviously of course our two our two lads up front. Sturge's pose was was majestic. Um, hmm. Yeah, I I. What was the game when we? I think we beat them two one in oh four oh five, and I think Gerard scored a short free kick, and maybe Garcia got no, that was the year after. I think it was a two one anyway, and that was one of the first like live full matches because I had no Sky Sports back in the day. I was watching <laughs> yeah. the old uh, Premiership highlights um, for about three or four years, but that was one of the first live derbies I ever seen. So that's always kind of stuck with me. Yeah. Um, Ryan, you know what? Like it's 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 interesting to hear you going back to one of the first you've ever seen because because I'm actually seventy four. Um, yeah. You sure you cut the you cut the ribbon at the first one? I Fred. did, mate. I did. I, I, my actually my favorite memories were he is, witnessed the forced marriage so there between Tranmere and Everton and Anfield. I did. I did I'm sorry, <laughs> but I actually I, it would be one. It'd be the FA Cup final. It'd be Rushy breaking the camera for me. The pass by Jan Moby over the top. Beautiful bump. Bushy breaking camera. Oh, that, oh, that, that's an image that always stays. Back pass to Suarez. Yeah. <laughs> that was a classic. That. Suarez's rugby tackle and Johnny Heitinger will always live long in the memory. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Andy Carroll scoring against twice. Yeah. <laughs> the highlight of every derby, though, is John Merrill and his like <laughs> meltdown afterwards. <laughs> like, struggles to Someone to blame. <laughs> <laughs> so if you did check John Merrow, you're a wonderful man. You know, keep doing what you're doing. Well, listen, let's hope he has a proper meltdown then after the next one. Uh, that's about us, lads. Thanks very much. That's wonderful work. So, let's say you're into yoga or Pilates, or maybe you dabble in gymnastics like me. Either way, you know, being flexible is key to doing what you love. That's why Smoothie King created this stretch and flex smoothie for people like us. With whole fruits and organic veggies, plus type 2 collagen, make it part of your daily fitness routine to support flexibility and joint health. So try the Stretch and Flex smoothie in tart cherry or pineapple kale. Order online today for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. 
Hey, don't forget the Johnsons are coming over. I want to find a rosé Jill hasn't tried yet. Let's go exploring at Total Wine. Their prices are ridiculously low. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, always low prices. Total Wine and more. Sports Social Podcast Network.